Broadcasting all over the world from cinemageekly.com, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast, with Anthony Lewis, Aaron De La Osa, and Glenn Bove. These guys have got some fucked up surnames. Son of Javel, kneel before Son! Snoochie boochies. <laughs> Podcast episode eighty-five, uh, cinemageekly.com slash support. Uh, where the remaining uh, <laughs> options for you to support us are are still available. Actually, if uh, memory serves, I think the support. Uh, I'm not sure what happens if you go to cinemageekly.com slash support right now because the uh, the support link at the top just takes you to the Patreon page, um, which people can still feel free to uh, to sign up for. <laughs> but I will actually, not... it should just be a hot link to a picture of my asshole. Yeah, uh, because that's pretty much you know just, about what we're getting in support. Yeah, take them to lemon, gaping hairy assholes. Take them to lemonparty.org or something, <laughs> perhaps. Um, yeah, I mean, well, look uh, for the time being. I don't blame people if they're if they're like, why should I sign up for your Patreon thing when you have two available podcasts at the moment? Not two podcasts uh, per se. Uh, to be more specific, two episodes of a podcast are available. Uh, we are we are endeavoring. To try to get more content up there, so well, there's more coming because we got Gotham starting this week, Agents of Shield. I mean, we got a whole lot of TV to talk about. So. We have two episodes of Doctor Who to uh, to make up for. Holy shit, do we ever? Pressing. Oh, um, so we're gonna try to put all that together somehow and make it all make it all fly. Um, I'm Glenn, and I are still trying to piece together when would be an opportune moment uh, to <laughs> to wrangle together a side B podcast. Uh, where we get to talk about the uh, the horrible situation that is uh, the Oscars this year and the lack of decent contenders for the best movie, which is really strange because last year it felt like there was just a bunch of options. Yeah, this year it's like... Uh, feeling kind of dry. I feel the same like way about the year, WWE title right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> last year there was just like like a variety. You know, like you had movies like Her, then you had like, you know, the typical like... 12 Years a Slave type of movie, and he had Gravity. This year, it's kind of like, they're all like, you know, kind of thing. So, right. where they might be different, but it's all kind of like the same, like, you know, based on a true story, you know, however you want to take that kind of deal. Right, right. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of variety, and nothing really seems to be sticking. Last year, it really felt like, 
by now there was things that were really sticking out to people like, holy shit, for sure this and for sure that. And I'm not really hearing a lot of that talk this year. So I don't know. We're going to, we, we're going to try to, we're, we're not going to do that podcast here. We're going to try to do that as an actual podcast later on at some point, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, there would be something new on the website. Um, had I actually written a review for the movie that I was watching, had I actually finished watching the movie, which I could not do. Uh, so you can take that as a, what, what, what was that, Glenn? Sorry, I didn't say anything. Oh, was that Aaron that said something? No, that wasn't me either, man. <laughs> I thought I heard something for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some somebody chimed in with something. I don't know who the fuck that was. Maybe it was Cody, and he's he just he just uh, dropped in. No, he did not. Okay, so I'm. It's got to be the doctor trying to break through and t- trying to tell you to go go back and watch that terrible movie. Perhaps. Um, yeah. So what was, I, it, what was it called? It's called Space Station. I think it's called Space Station 76. It's either that or Station 76. I think it's Space Station 76. And it's this, uh, it was it was either that or the Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And usually uh, the current Transformers movie. And it was, uh, given those two options, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just go for the indie outer space movie. Um, it's supposed to be a dark comedy. And it's uh, supposed to be set in this world of, of 1970, the 1970s version of outer space. Which, um, if people are familiar with um, sci-fi from the 70s, it kind of felt like that was like a phase where the people in the 70s thought the future was going to be exactly like it is now in the 70s, just slightly enhanced. Like, everybody's going to still dress the same <laughs> and have the same hairstyles. And, uh, I mean, and it was... Uh, they, they if did that's this... the future, then I definitely want in on that shit, because that sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, they did this to the nines. Like, everybody... It was... Uh, it was like a space station, but everybody was dressed like like they're in Mad Men, uh, kind of. Uh, at least the women were, anyway. Um, the men kind was of. Was there nothing but smoking and sex? Was that the entire movie? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, there's quite a bit of that. Uh, everybody smoked. Um, it was pretty much about like the ins and outs of the relationships of the people on the space station. Oh. Um, it starred Patrick Wilson, who people might remember as Night Owl from the Watchmen film, and The Conjuring. And The Conjuring, of course. Um, Liv Tyler was in it. And uh, Sliders O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell was in this movie playing one of the sleaziest people I have seen in a movie in, in quite some time. A.K.A. he may have just been playing himself. I'm not sure. Uh, but no way. Was, Jerry O'Connell's a diamond, man. He was so sleazy in this movie. Yeah, they always talk about like how nice he is. He was he was he was very sleazy and very believable in his sleaziness of this film. <laughs> I mean, his brother maybe you know he just channeled. He channeled some Charlie or whatever his name is. Is it Charlie O'Connell? Is that his name? I don't remember his name. Does does Jerry's brother have a name or is he just Jerry's brother? Hello. Uh oh, we lost people. Glenn, do you know? Jer- do we, do we know the name of Jerry O'Connell's brother? No, I was going to say Chris O'Donnell, but uh, then I realized that's a D and not a C. Yeah. We lost Aaron. His connection is is, I, is down. I was wondering. But then again, I was also thinking the uh, the Destiny posts. I thought I put on my personal page, not on the Cinema Geekly page. <laughs> and then I realized it, and I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it there. So and it achieved and it achieved a like despite we're gonna talk I want to I want to get your I want to get the in depth uh, analysis of this uh, post in just a second but the bottom line is the the movie uh, it just was not what I was expecting uh, I will say that I thought um um oh we're still having problems with Aaron he's kind of going in and out 
Um, the uh... oh, Aaron, are you back? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. You went in. You you went in and out for a second. Um, so the bottom line with the movie, uh, the I mean, you know, they did well, some. Did you hear my full Charlie O'Connell insult, or is that just? No, we, we, can, we, can, we completely missed it. It's it's into the ether of the interwebs. But I'm glad oh, to know that it is Charlie O'Connell. I was trying to guess. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the fuck it was. Because <laughs> um, I could not figure it out. And Glenn briefly thought it may have been Chris O'Donnell. But <laughs> that's a different person with a different last name. Um, still in the shitty movies, though. So they are they are linked in that regard. Uh, but no, the, uh, yeah, I mean, the movie, it had some charming elements like it did. It used, um, models instead of, you know, CGI for stuff. So everything, uh, except we're not talking like Star Wars quality models or Star Trek quality models. We're talking like, it looked like, um, I want to say like a really high quality toy and they filmed it. Um, if that's the best thing I could, it, it did not look, they did not look overly detailed, uh, models or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's totally. called Ice Station 96, what? Space Station 76. Mm. Uh, go out of your way to, um, to, I guess, watch it, maybe. Watch Liv Tyler smoke some space weed, and uh, yeah, I, I don't even... I, I feel like if anyone could smoke space weed, it would be someone of the Tyler clan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it was just a weird-ass movie, uh, and I didn't make it all the way through. I was... I. I got to the point where I realized I was sort of like skipping chapters and I'm like, this is a bad sign. So I just, uh, I just stopped watching entirely and, and gave up on trying. So yeah, that's a review in and of itself. <laughs> uh, if I can't make it through a movie, that is a zero geeky glasses hmm. space station 76, <laughs> um, which, uh, and that speaks even more volumes to the, the transformers movie, which I, I started to skim through and I, I just could not believe was a real movie that lasted nearly three hours. I just, I could not believe it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's absolutely incredible that the movie lasted that long. Uh, just, just blew my mind. And, uh, uh, I, I thought we were kind of making fun of, um, of, uh, of Mark Wahlberg when we were talking about like what he would sound like and stuff, but no, I mean, to much to my surprise, he really just did not try or give any shits in that movie. He just talked like Mark Wahlberg. And <laughs> even though he was from the South and so he, it, he totally costnered it. Oh yeah. Yeah. He just give me my big fucking paycheck, Michael Bay. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll say what you want. And I'll look at the camera, but that was the end of Astral his flare in three, two, one act. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the end of uh that was the end of his payday right there uh he just yeah he i i don't know glenn you you actually watched the whole movie all the way through and i i only skimmed <laughs> it and it felt like he was phoning it into me was was he phoning it in in that movie i wouldn't say phoning it in i think the fact like i like mark Wahlberg. i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say that he can't manipulate his voice at all um, oh, so it's just a thing, right? From what I've seen, like in in Lone Survivor, he plays a Texan in that, and he uses the same, you know, right, heavy northeastern accent. That's just who he is. I mean, it's just like you probably don't want Matthew McConaughey trying to do a Boston accent. There's just certain things you can't get rid of, or you know, Colin Farrell, you know, sounding like he's not Irish. Like there's just right. certain things people can't do. How dare you, sir? Have you never seen SWAT? 
<laughs> I uh, I have definitely seen SWAT. <laughs> uh, personally, I think we could have gotten Ben Knight over here, and he could have done a better Texas accent though than Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. uh, remind me of the next fucking podcast we do with him. He's doing a Texas accent. <laughs> I'm sure he could probably swing one a lot better than even if it's totally stereotypical. And I, I just I, I I refuse to believe that Mark Wahlberg couldn't have done at least the stereotypical accent. Uh, just full of y'alls and, you know, just totally hicked it up. I, I can't believe he, he's incapable of this. But uh, I, I was going to say, maybe he didn't phone it in. Uh, maybe he took more care than that. And then he, he emailed it in, perhaps. Uh, he had to go to the trouble of typing it all out instead of just instead of just picking up the phone. But um, I, I don't know. I just Maybe he figured, like, he would brag about how good his Texas accent was. And he showed up the first day knowing he hadn't practiced and just talked how he normally did. Just daring someone to call him out on it and nobody ever did so it just rolled for the entire movie <laughs> well, i mean maybe he has like it's just one big troll maybe he... oh you're saying the set needed like its own m&m to call him like marky mark to his face or something <laughs> something like that yeah maybe maybe he just has some sort of disease where he thought he was doing a texas accent and nobody just had the heart to tell him he wasn't like i've been working on this for like months and then he comes in there and delivers his lines and people are like uh good, no, just good job. your normal voice now <laughs> what, what are the odds that mark Wahlberg's texas accent is going to be better than what chatting than what channing tatum's uh cajun accent is going to be when he plays games uh, oh my god like it can't be worse right ha 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 oh come on you know it's coming Oh God, I I can't. I'm I'm wet with anticipation as we speak. <laughs> um, before we get into the oh, news, now, hell, are you in the call home now? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's box office gold written all over it. Right I mean, he just all he's got to do is do Boomhauer. I mean, that's <laughs> if he can do Boomhauer, who is Cajun? He at least he gave an effort. Wait, wait a minute. I didn't even realize. If she does there... Boomhauer, I will demand a spinoff <laughs> starring Gambit only, uh, just hanging out in his apartment for a day, talking to himself. Because that would be the greatest fucking movie. So good. Um, <laughs> we can get Brad Pitt to come in and play his brother. Uh, it'll be awesome. The um, Okay, so Glenn, you, uh, you accidentally posted something to the Cinema Geekly Facebook page that you were meaning to post on your own Facebook timeline. Yeah, uh, and I, and I want a further explanation. As yes, we did talk about uh, Destiny last week, but um, what was your post that you you compare? You said like um, Destiny said, is the CSI Los Angeles of video games. No, no, no. They, Destiny is the NCIS <laughs> Los Angeles of video games. I, I didn't think the first one, the first insult, could have gotten worse, but now <laughs> you, you fucking did it. That is much worse. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, run run me th- run me through the the comparison for people who who don't get it, or, or for the one person who did get it and like. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that person got it. I think I mean, I'm just just granted by like the photo I saw, and I'm not. I'm gonna go on a limb and say that they weren't like 20, and uh, probably really like that program since that's like their you know their main demographic. Perhaps, uh, you know, NCIS is, uh, you know, it's like 20 million people who watch it every week. And, uh, you know, it's been on the air for what, 15, 16 seasons now. And, uh, you know, I'm not, it's, you know, known as just like a straight up procedural, nothing really, you know, fancy. It's just a you know, typical CBS hit that didn't push the envelope and they kind of, you know, stick to praising the masses. And then, 
you know, later on you get about halfway through the series and you decide you need to make it, you know, a spinoff. You know, it's a little younger with Chris O'Donnell and LL Cool J, <laughs> but it's still the same thing. Right. So that was kind of the basis, whereas like Destiny, like all in all, like playing it as much as I have. Uh, and I do enjoy it. It is fun. It is pretty. Um, I expect it to be pretty. It's Bungie. I don't know why people are like, oh, my God, the game's so weird. All of their games are gorgeous. Like, just shut the fuck up. You know, like, it, right. that's not... If a game doesn't look good, then they <laughs> probably should quit as a studio at this point. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think I've seen a game that's come out the last three or four years that, you know, doesn't look pretty at times. Right. Uh, the best thing, the biggest surprise to me is I didn't know Bill Nye voiced it. Um, I think uh, his voice is much more pleasant than... Uh, he uh, plays the... Uh, yeah, he's the... the yeah, he's, he's like the, the speaker. narrator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a narrator and a character in it. But no, I mean, it's 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 almost exactly like Halo in its gameplay, like how you fight and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, like, I guess like Halo Reach when you had the classes and you could either, you know, have a lift or you could do a double jump. So that kind of works its way in from the very beginning... Yeah, and it's got a lot of other elements of crafting. The aliens and... are just like taller versions of those little, little limey bastards that you shoot in the other ones. So I mean, they're that's that's all. I mean, it's with it really a... is just a, a a fresh version of Halo, right? With a little bit of like, oh, it's throwing this central hub that you have to go to every once in a while to upgrade your stuff, right? With with I should I should add uh, <laughs> as well for reiteration uh, for the hundredth time. Uh, completely filling my punch card of reiterations. Uh, yeah, it's like Halo, but without Halo's story, which wasn't even that great to begin with. Um, so it's like Halo, but take out the story and uh, make every single mission an exact copy of each other where you do well, the, yeah, the same you exact s- thing. You spend, like, the first... I mean, if you go... And you can go to the moon after this, but, like, on Earth, you can do, like, six... I think there's like six missions in a row or whatever, and they all take place outside the Cosmodrome in Russia. In Russia. <laughs> and I swear to God, like even though I'm going to different places on the map, it I've played the same. exact same map. Like I, I literally have played the, za- the same setup. Right. So I don't know if it like drops you off at certain points and you kind of work your way through for whatever reason. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I didn't see anything that looked different. Because I went to the same places, but it was on a different level in different parts of the map. So, right. um, yeah, I, I don't, I, um, I just, I guess I just don't get it. Um, I see where yeah. you're going. Like, I'm glad, like, I can see the direction that certain game is going, and I, I like the. I mean, they, they add. I mean, yeah, this game does add a little thing, you know, a couple of things here or there, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's like revolutionary i think it's just like the baby step maybe the next game that comes out that kind of falls in its footsteps that'll be the one that might be a game changer but this is nothing special this yeah twas (laughs) twas not the game that they were marketing uh when i can so yeah uh, because people wonder like if it sucks so bad how come so many people have it and i think a lot of that has to do with the uh the really great marketing they did and the fact that uh almost everybody who owns it right now pre-ordered it uh, and if they didn't pre-order it, they <laughs> bought it when it came out because uh, Bungie also said no game reviews until um, the game is released because, according to them, 
the only way to truly fully experience the game is with everybody being able to hop on and play uh, all at once or whatever, according to them, which I think is also ridiculous because I, I, I think you can only do missions with um, you can only do like strike missions with like three other people. And I think when you're in the uh, the crucible or whatever, or the multiplayer, whatever the fuck that's that it's called, I think that's only like what, like six on six or something like that. So, you know, how these how these game reviewers couldn't find like five other people to fucking join up with, to, you know, yeah. So basically there weren't any reviews and uh there was a, a shit ton of hype. So that's why a lot of people have the game. Um I I'm one of those people that the, you know, I've watched enough movie trailers to know to not buy into hype for movies. Um like I, you know, stuff will look good and I'll have an you know, an inclination of something might be good. Um, but usually I, you know, I wait till I hear and see more before I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is probably going to be worth my time even more so with video games. Cause games can be expensive and you're not always sure what you're going to get. So, uh, yeah, this is a, one of those things where I'm really happy. I didn't, you know, shovel over 60 bucks right away. Cause, uh, it sounded like it was going to be down my alley and then it turns out it was nowhere even close. Uh, the story, I, I don't know, Glenn, the, the story seems to me like it involves a lot of proper nouns that have no meaning. Like, you know, you're going to this place to fight these things, to achieve this thing, but you'd have no context of what any of that shit is. They're just meaningless words that are like interchangeable because there's no story to them. Like there's, yes. these, there's these rope, you have to go fight the Vex. Well, who the, who the fuck are those guys and why are they here and why am I even fighting them? It's. It's all literally just the story is literally just pretext for go shoot shit, upgrade your weapons, and then go into multiplayer and then shoot other shit with other people. And that's not my genre of games. So, uh, but that's not what they were promising when they were, you know, they talked about this giant open. Not, I don't want to say open world, but they they did this shit where it's like, you know, if you can see it while you're playing the game, you can go there, which is not true at all. And uh, they're talking, you know, they made it sound like there's going to be this grand scale story and all of this shit. And while it feels like they might have a grand scale story, like as the background, they don't tell you anything about that story. Like, oh, there's a grand story, but don't worry, none of that's important. What's important <laughs> is, what's important is getting a weapon that has like 237 damage or some shit. That's what's important. It'd uh, be like a video game based on the hobbits who stayed behind. <laughs> yes. There you go. Like there is a grand story somewhere, but none of that shit's important. Right? Yeah, you don't. But you don't need to hear about any of that. Yeah, awesome let's follow, let's let's hang out with these guys hanging out at the village. Yeah. Not the motherfuckers that go off to the mountain to fight the dragon. <laughs> Boy, that game sounds fantastic. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to go out and pick that shit up. Um. So uh, speaking of trailers, and we should not never officially trust them. Uh, but so far we haven't been, we haven't been fully led astray, uh, by the Hunger Games trilogy. The, the first full length real trailer for, uh, the, the first part of Mockingjay, uh, came out. I think there's Glenn, I think there's been a bunch of, uh, of teasers and then they kind of did like a teaser trailer where they showed a little bit of stuff, but this is the first full on trailer that kind of gives us a, an idea. Are, are you happy now that everyone gets a chance to participate in the Hunger Games and it's not just the kids? <laughs> Yeah, sure, I guess. I just... <laughs> I I have a huge problem where, like, the main focus of a story or book series or whatever the hell it is right. is always, like, strictly political. 
Um, and that's like for me, that that's just a personal turnoff. Right. Uh, I, I care more about uh, the characters and stuff. And I, I say this as a guy who absolutely loves the movie, not so much the comic book version of V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand there's a very, very strong political message behind it. Slightly, but yes. The, but at the end of the day, it is about a guy who got treated like shit. They just happen to be, uh, you know, the people he wants to murder and kill. They just happen to be people running the government. Uh, so for me, I can forgive that. Whereas something like this, like, it's all about, like, hey, America, you guys should rise up against this shitty government of aristocrats that live in Washington. Like, it's not, like... For me, it's just right. like people who tell me to watch or read Atlas Shrugged. Like, I'm not going to read that. I'm sorry. I don't think a CEO is a <laughs> god. That's just my personal belief. Uh, uh, like, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm sure it's good. I'm going to watch it because I, you know, I've seen the other ones. So why the fuck not? And uh, right. I mean, well, there are just, moments you know, I I do. There are things I really enjoy about it. It's just for me, like a personal turnoff to me is something that like. Hits you over the head, right? With yeah, it. like uh, my thing is like uh, that's why I like David O. Russell stuff. It's it, he he may have a backdrop, but at the end of the day, he cares about the characters. And you can have an interesting background story that can question things and promote things. But if that's what if you want to tell a story about you know your own political agenda and do then you throw characters just to do it, like it to me, that just bothers me. But that I'm I'm sorry. Right. If you want to tell a tale of income inequality, do a documentary about it. Yeah, that's what Glenn's saying. Uh, Aaron, you have any interest in this uh, this uh, third installment of Girl Shoots Bow and Arrow at Things? I figure uh, I owe Jennifer Lawrence uh, the ticket price alone just for her being foolish enough to post those pictures to the cloud. <laughs> uh, you know, I, allegedly, you know, they could be enjoyed, uh, and they might have been. So I figure the least I could do is plunk down twelve bucks. Sure. As a as a thank you. <laughs> yes, you were a beautiful, beautiful person, Jay. Thank Long. you very much. <laughs> uh, so, moving. The only thing funnier than that, perhaps, Glenn, did you see my Facebook? I did not post this to the Cinema Geekly thing because I figured who gives a fuck. But I, uh, I, I uh, got a hearty laugh out of uh, reading about the uh, the third Cloud or not Cloud Atlas, but the third Atlas Shrugged movie. Um, have you read the story about this? Uh, no, I. I saw your post, but I did. I just saw third Atlas Shrug, and I kind of figured we had the same mindset. Like, why the fuck? It was um, well, <laughs> and I it mean, was like laughed at. I, I did see that part. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think just because it, it's so easy to pick on it, um, because people are obviously picking on the fact that the people making this movie are, you know, probably like really strong, hardcore libertarian types that are, you know, very pro you know, you know, let the market determine shit type things, uh, which was easy to, you know, made it easy to pick on because they made the first two movies and uh, they consecutively, not only did neither of them make barely anything, but they consecutively made less. So that made it a very easy target for like, you know, hey, the fucking free market is telling you to not make any more movies. Why do you, why are you not listening to the free market? Um, you know, and then of course, uh, the whole, you know, not needing a handout thing. And then they went to Kickstarter to get funds, uh, to help fund the movie. And, and according to some of the reviews, <laughs> uh, the review I read from AV club said it, it used like a shit ton of stock footage and just like, you know, it, it was really terrible. Like they said, it was almost like a parody of itself without, you know, without being, I mean, it's the real movie, but it was almost like they were, you know, doing a parody and, uh, apparently it's just 
god awful and horrible, and it features uh, cameos from Glenn Beck and uh, uh, fuck, uh, I don't know some other people, other people you would presume. I'm sure Alex Jones fucking in there. Shit, I don't know. Uh, just well, look uh, at the cast, man. I haven't heard of, of one fucking person. Well, in the uh, movie. What's, the, what's her name? Is it is it Taylor Schilling, the the main character in Orange Is New Black? She's in the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah she, she is. She right? is one of the main characters in the first one. <laughs> I'm talking and then about she got this a third one here. There, there ain't, dude. There's fucking nobody, man. That first, well, yeah, that first movie got uh, a big budget, and uh, it tanked. And it then sure they fucking did. They had to, they had to recast the entire, the the entire film for the second go around because they couldn't afford anybody from the first movie. So it, that movie it, tanked, and then they recast again for the third movie. This oh, franchise is about like a CEO or something. Is that what you're saying? Um, it's based on the Ayn Rand novel. Um, which I'm not even going to try to describe because if I do, some libertarian guy is going to be like, you don't even know what the fuck it's about. Um, and then we'll go on some insanely long fucking rant about what it's about. And I, I don't care. Look, guys, if you want to be, you want to live in a libertarian paradise, go buy a fucking island somewhere because that is the percentage of the population who agrees with you. You can fit on a fucking island and go do that. Uh, no one else gives a shit. Go away, please. Thank you. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I mean, you could be a libertarian and not. Not really. It's like so. Uh, so it's really like it's just you know, broad strokes. What's this? What's it about? Um, it's about a guy like John Galt, who's like a small businessman who becomes uh, like a CEO, and uh, it. Uh, this is where this is the part where I sound like a dick. We're definitely going to get emails from libertarians. <laughs> um, he basically him and a bunch of CEO buddies go to the mountains and leave. <laughs> Us working class poor folk who don't know and who don't have any common sense and can't defend for ourselves, and we have to come groveling back because society f- has fallen because we don't have CEOs that lead us anymore. Yeah, um, wow, are you the fucking first half serious? Of that, that's, yeah, that's, the first half of that is is very accurate. The second half is me kind of being a little Par- snarky about the story, paraphrasing but, it uh, a little bit. Basically, basically, and definitely slanted in a in a different view. It's basically wow. a story that paints CEOs as like the best and the brightest of humankind, and if it were not for these people, um, you know, humanity would be in a in a fucking shit toilet somewhere. Oh, that's uh, awesome, because they are the <laughs> they are the bright and shining stars who obviously uh, all got there through hard work. And uh, none of them were born into wealth, and this is turning into a completely different podcast. But uh, no, I like it. Keep it rolling, man. It's a, it's a completely, it's a, it's just a completely uh, an absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous idea. Uh, wow, uh, it's a. <laughs> it, these sound like complete piece of dog shit. Yeah, movies. yeah. I mean, oh my god, oh. What I mean, the fuck, man. It, 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 you know, it kind of lionizes the wealthy and demonizes the poor. Uh, we're the, the take the, the poor are the takers, of course, while the, uh, the rich are the makers, uh, so, but the middle class are just all right or what? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I guess the middle class are the, uh, are, are the, the ones to be pitied for they, I don't know. Maybe they, those are the people that are the, uh, the temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Glenn. I think the middle class are, you know, like the Netherlands, they just kind of let shit settle around them and just, you see where it shakes out. I'll be totally honest, though. If there are any hardcore uh, libertarian types 
that listen. They're, they're not listening that, to this fucking show. I tell you that. <laughs> they, if, the, they, the first time I said you know, Queen Latifah fisted Dolly Parton, man, they checked right the fuck out. If they, well, I'm just saying, if they uh, if they refuse to listen to any further shows, I I welcome their absence. I you. <laughs> Uh, Matt Smith is getting some more work, Aaron. Uh, yeah. We already know that he's in uh, Terminator Misspelling. Jeez. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, now he has joined the finally, officially, definitely, for sure, not kidding this time, getting made version of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes. Which is apparently finally going to be, be made. Because we've been talking, it feels like we've been talking about this for like a year and a half, maybe longer. At least, well, when they were first talking about Natalie Portman starring in it, yeah, that was right. fucking forever ago. Um, uh, he's going to be playing Mr. Collins. Yeah. Uh, uh, a person who is on the lookout for a wife and mm-hmm. uh, and proposes, I believe, to the lead character. I yep. Think. Um, so, yeah, if anybody... He's kind of like the, the third leg of the, of the love triangle. Uh, yes. If you had to put it like, if you, you had to put it that way. Oh. Uh, he's perfect for the role. You know, you can, he can play pompous. I mean, you know, like nobody's business. So I think he'll, he'll be just fine. Absolutely. And hopefully he will maybe kill or be killed by zombies, which will also be, a, I've not read the novelization, so I am unsure what happens to his character in the book. I'm about, but... I, I'm about 20 pages in, so I'll, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll know here pretty soon. Uh, how many's not dead yet? How many people, right. <laughs> how many people of the trifecta have actually watched or read the original Pride and Prejudice? Uh, uh I've seen I the 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 stage adaptation. I have seen the uh the most recent film version, I want to say. The Keira Knightley yes. Batman one. Oh, the Colin Firth one's way better. I have not seen the Colin Firth one. Was <laughs> that like a was that like a miniseries version or something or Yeah, it was like a BBC kind of <sighs> thing. I mean, it, it, like they're both good. I'm I'm just Right, right, really right. Nasty. No, have you have you seen have you seen them as well, Glenn? Or at least one. Yeah, of them? I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there we go. I've not read the novelization, but any add zombies to almost anything in Victorian England, and you're good. So uh, I'm I'm probably actually you know what we can just change that to add zombies to pretty much anything, and uh, and we're good. Yeah, it, it worked with vampires and Abraham Lincoln. Sure, <laughs> depending <laughs> on who you ask, of course. Right. Um, <laughs> that's always that's always up in the air. Um, hey guys, finally, it's official. A Deadpool oh. movie is occurring, uh, apparently slated for February 12th of 2016, which not sure how I feel about that. Uh, that's a very early in the year type date. And that, so, that is a Ghost Rider uh, release date right there. It sure is, which which I can't imagine would be because apparently, um, obviously the, uh, the gentleman whose name escapes me at the moment who did the... Uh, who did the uh, you know the test uh, you know the the short film test footage that we saw um, a while back that was incredible and apparently he is you know doing the development of this directing or writing or uh, whatever and it seems like Ryan Reynolds is all but on board I don't think there's been an announcement or anything but it seems you know what else the fuck is he doing right now it seems like he's going to be doing that uh, but there is a rumor about this movie Aaron do you want to clue us in about the 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 rumor that's going around perhaps. In relation to the rating of this film, yeah, I was actually uh, I had a brief update to that. Like earlier, they were talking uh, that it was going to be made PG thirteen, which was just slaughtered. I mean, especially if from one of the cases we know so far is that uh, you know Tim Miller is directing, and you know he's been involved since its inception. Uh, they're going to be ba- it's going to be based off the script that leaked 
you know, forever ago. And if they make that exact movie, it's going to be the greatest conflict movie, you know, you've ever seen. I mean, better than Guardians, even. And, right. And that's, you know, that's that's not a that's PG saying a script. lot. That's not a PG. Yeah, that's the guys who made Zombieland is the guys who right. wrote that yes. like yeah. a decade ago. But it is PG-13. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying it's going to be PG-13. Well, one of the writers, Rhett Reese, came out and said, you know, there's no announcement yet whether it's going to be R or PG-13. So I think they're, uh, Tim Miller's definitely sticking to his guns where it's like, look, we have to make this an, an R-rated movie. There's just there, – right. there's no way they can make it. it PG-13, it would just – it would water it down so much. I mean it would still be great, but not as great right. as, so, as it could be. Right. The rumor I heard was that he had the director or the writers or whatever had – uh, promised they could make it a PG-13 movie because apparently, supposedly, according to the rumor, that was the only way the studio was going to let the movie get made. Um, that being said, I, I mean, I think you could work both ways. I mean, I think you could work around it. Um, I think it would probably be better off. I mean, that's an R-rated character. Um, you know, Tony. Yeah, well, I mean, look Tony at the it, test footage, like you know, the, you know, he, he say, you know, he was dropping f bombs left to right, cutting heads off. I mean, but as soon as that test footage leaked, it, it re- was so received they actually had to release it properly because I mean, it blew up because people just love Deadpool. So, I mean, I think the studios realized, right. but now, like shit, you know, maybe we do gotta let these guys go. Uh, right. You know, if, if not a, a soft R, a very hard PG thirteen. Right, and I mean, you know, there, there are probably things you could do. I, I even heard some people suggest that you could uh, censor the swear words, and it would still be very Deadpool for him to break the fourth wall and acknowledge that the swear words are censored, shit like that. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think it just would work better. And if you're gonna, if this is gonna be a February release, who gives a shit? Make it an R-rated movie. Absolutely, it's, it's clear if you're giving it a February release that the studio does not have like this. That release date just screams to me like, all right, we'll make the movie, but here you go, here's a February date. My, like, uh, yeah, here's like a forty million dollar budget. Yeah, right. Well, one thing that makes me nervous, like you know, we know Ryan Reynolds has been involved. You know, from the get-go, from previous films, from the test footage and all that. But if he's been so involved and so on board, why not officially announce him in the role when you announce the film? Right. Like, is, ah, I don't know, man. Like, there's maybe the someone in the studio is kind of, you know, maybe doubting Ryan Reynolds, just given uh, his most recent track record. But I mean, if there's ever a movie to bring this guy back, it's this. Oh, perhaps. And it seems like you know he would fit the mold very well. I mean, even well, uh, yeah, he does. even 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 though people. <laughs> didn't like what they did to Deadpool in that X-Men movie, the Wolverine movie. Um, I think the general consensus was they liked him. Yeah, and, and, the, and the script of, of the Deadpool movie, you know, addresses that, like, perfectly so. I mean, it's... Oh, does it? How, how so? Spoil it, because I, I have not read... I, I don't want to spoil it. I, I, I'm not going to say a fucking word about the script. I mean, it, it's it's that perfect. I, I, I want you guys to be fresh going into it. Like, I won't even be posting spoilers about this movie at all. Like, I mean, that's my an... anticipation for this film is just so high. That's another it's thing. It's really I, funny. That's another thing I have yeah. heard. There's there's been a lot of because people Because I, I read it a long time ago too. There are a lot of okay. people who described the script as as perfect. So yes. a lot of yes. people said it was a a perfect comic book movie. So yes. uh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. But yeah, that February date kind of just screams to me like they have no con- like you go ahead and make your little movie. Uh, but we're not going to give two fucks about it. But it seems like well, I mean, that's a good time too. You know, uh, they'll still be coming down off a of holiday. You know, the family right. movies, the, the, the all the romance comedies will still be in theaters about that time and all that. So I mean, it could be the only thing for a guy to go see. So sure, uh, I agree. Um, Nick Frost, Aaron got uh, um, was not, 
not just announced by uh, BBC, but announced by himself as well on Twitter that he is going to be in the uh, the Doctor Who Christmas special this year. So, oh, yeah. Um, now if we can just find a way to get Edgar Wright to direct an episode, we'll have the whole Cornetto trilogy group involved, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, involved in Doctor Who lore. Because, uh, of course, for those of you who are unaware, Simon Pegg did uh, a very early episode back when the series was rebooted with Christopher Eccleston. Uh, did an episode way back when. Well, then... Uh... What was her name in space? Was it Sally? Uh, his roommate in space. She was in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the David Tennant episode of The Family of Blood. Right. Those two episodes there. Wow, we're tying it all together, man. we got to get Edgar Wright to together. direct an episode. <laughs> What's he doing right now? He's not doing shit. Well, he's definitely uh, not doing Ant-Man, unfortunately. No, that's, that's for damn sure. Um, so are you excited, man? Uh, to, oh, to of see, course. To see Nick Frost in Doctor Who? Um, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, you know... It, it, the, the, the picture itself they posted of him, I'm assuming it's from, you know, they're already working on it, so that's him in his costume. Like, it, right. just seeing him in that sort of a of an outer space thing just automatically conjures up images of the of his show Hyperdrive. I don't know yes. if you guys have seen it. Seen and it. it's just like, it, I'm just smiling, just looking at his picture already. I can't wait. Hyperdrive <laughs> Hyperdrive was, was really fucking hilarious. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I think it was even like that first episode, um where I, I can't remember what it was, but it was like the, the part of like the aliens greetings when they meet them. It's like something really <laughs> gross. Like they've got to like make out with them or, you know, touch their genitals or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was like really gross. And it's like, no, no, we're sh- we assure you this is part of our, our, our greeting ritual and shit. And I'm like, okay, shit. Uh, but that was a really, yeah, that's a really funny show. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm a, I, I like Nick Frost uh, quite a bit. Uh, every time, anytime I get a chance to mention Nick Frost doing something outside of the Cornetto trilogy is always a good time to, to, to re-mention that he's in attack the block, which is also great. His, uh, his latest (laughs) movie, uh, Cuban Fury is really good. Him and Chris O'Dowd, uh, are, are fantastic in that movie. He, uh, Nick Frost is a, a fallen, uh, flamingo dancer. (laughs) <laughs> who, just, who decides to come out of retirement and start dancing it's oh tremendous. if that automatically doesn't get you excited for the movie i i can't <laughs> nothing else i could say is going to make you watch it but it's amazing sold uh yeah. and, and, <laughs> it's really good and briefly because we have not done the episodes uh yet do you have any thoughts on the last two episodes of of uh capaldi's run i, I think it's two of the strongest shows uh period since the, the show's been relaunched mm-hmm. i know like, I, back to eccleson i mean these are well, I, I think it, it's easy to see kind of Mark Geddes' influence kind of coming on the show a little bit and the direction it's turning. I mean, it's uh, I like it, and it's very fitting of Peter Capaldi. I mean, you know, he's he's a heavy guy. Like, he can bring the kind of weight to it, but, you know, sure. he can still have, like, his silly moments that, you know, remind you of, you know, kind of Matt Smith. That, uh, God, it, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I think he's already got a, I think he's already got his first doctory catchphrase uh, as well from... Uh, the last episode, which I, I believe I could be paraphrasing here, but I believe the quote is "shut it up, up." Yeah, I think which I think is it. which is probably going to be a uh, which is probably going to be a Doctor Who catchphrase <laughs> going forward. Um, right. <laughs> in fact, if I find myself saying "shut up" too many times, I'm almost positive it will come out if I have to say it too many shut times. Shut it up, up, yeah. Shut it up, up. <laughs> um, Supergirl is going to be a show. If you are just yeah, not if you are just not full. Of superhero TV shows, we I mean we already mentioned it. By the end of this month, we're gonna in the states anyway. We're gonna have Gotham, Shield, The Flash, and Arrow, literally all back to back, Monday through Thursday. 
Um, and uh, that's not even talking about Agent Carter when that comes to air. That's not even talking about the Marvel uh, Netflix shows when those oh, come yeah. up. Uh, and now CBS has picked up uh, a Supergirl show. Um, an hour-long drama, apparently, is is what, we, what we've what we got. Supergirl is uh, Superman's cousin, right? Yep. Yes. Okay, so... Older and, I'm guessing, also hotter cousin, right? right older, Glenn? hotter, slash younger cousin. <laughs> I don't know, man. H- Hank's bringing some beef to the table, guys. He's he's kind of steamy. Uh, apparently, it's also not not only... Is Wait, it... <laughs> no. Hank. Hank. Henry Cavill. I call him Hank. I mean, oh, okay. I was like... I was like <laughs> Hank? Like, what, Hank Azaria? I do, like, I don't... It, yeah. it, might, it might be bad that I refer to Henry Cavill so much throughout the normal course of my day that I have a nickname for him and I don't even know the guy. Everyone who hangs out at the sauna with him calls him Hank. Right. Yeah, uh, Hank is definitely uh, he definitely a beefcake. So, I mean, unless they cast Laura Vanderhooten from uh, uh, Smallville, I, I oh, don't know if they can oh. top that hotness radar. Yeah, going to be uh, tough. So not only have they greenlit the series, but it's also, uh, according to the article from Hollywood Reporter, there's a series commitment as well from CBS. So it sounds like they're pretty serious about this, Glenn. Do you think... Uh, um, there is uh, enough known about Supergirl for this show to to land an audience and and go forward. Uh, is there is there too much superhero saturation? Uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, definitely, definitely too much. I, I never thought we would actually come to the day where <laughs> it would, there's just too much superhero stuff. There's a show well, out every not day. Enough. Of the week. Never can be enough. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this comic book, when it falls, it's going to fall just as hard as Indiana Jones. Uh, I feel like this uh-huh. is this is where this is going. Uh, when Shia LaBeouf cameos on every show, like he's on uh, Gotham, he's on S.H.I.E.L.D. It all comes, he swings in on Vines on every show. I'm and, telling you, man, that somebody's <laughs> just got to hug that guy. He's going, he's just going down in a spiral. Jesus. And then Harrison Ford tells everybody that the uh, the treasure was knowledge. And then that's the end of all of the episodes. They all they they all get canceled simultaneously, and that's the end of. Uh, is this your prediction, Glenn? Yeah, I. As far as like a superhero girl show, I, I mean, a Supergirl show. I, I mean, I guess why the fuck not? I, I just right. it's kind of an odd character to choose. Like if you're gonna choose a female character, right. uh, the, I think the fact that it's CBS, I could definitely see where this is going to be like the two broke girls version of this, oh, uh, no. uh, where it's just going to be, or, or like she is going to be the penny amongst, you know, a couple of nerds. Right. Um, I, I definitely see it going down a, a really like crappy road that'll be on, it'll sure. be on television for like 10 years. Oh my God. Uh, but it's, you know, not going to bring anything new to the table. I, I don't know. I just, when I saw this, I was just really like, that's, that's where you're going. You can't get a Wonder Woman TV show to work after the seventies. So you do Supergirl because she's younger. And I, I don't know. I just, right. the, I'm interested. The plot itself to just sounds stupid. And you know, the, the fact that, you know, it, it, people from, from DC entertainment, they're coming forward. They're saying like, yeah, uh, none of these shows are connected to one another. Uh, also, 
uh, they're definitely not connected to the movies, you know, with the exception of Arrow and Flash because they're on the same network. But nothing else has ties to one another or the movies. I mean, our right. only hope is maybe Constantine uh, because you know, Guillermo del Toro is like, look, I want to use this Constantine for Justice League Dark. I mean, but that's it. Otherwise, there's no there's no fluidity. It's right. Oh, it's such. Well, I mean, and that's because and that's because DC isn't its own movie studio either. So they don't have the. They're not they're not as organized or have the you know, they're organized as far as what they want to do with the movies and their TV properties. But it seems like the people who are doing the movies are like, yeah, we're just going to divorce ourselves from this because we don't have any control over it. So if it's shitty, just letting you know we're divorced from it It has nothing to do with our movies. And, you know, I'm sure the TV people are probably thinking about the same thing right now. Well, if your movies are your movies are shit, you know, just come and watch Arrow because we you know, we handle it pretty okay over here. Um, and everything I've heard about the Flash uh, show as well seems pretty positive. The pilot, uh, was awesome. the pilot was very good. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff is coming. I, I don't know, Aaron. How do you how do you feel about this? Um, is it you know is it is it really an oversaturation? Are you are you at all interested in in this character? Is there good stories to tell? Can CBS even you know are they capable of doing that? Telling the stories? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh it's an odd character choice, but I mean, I get it. I mean, it's automatic name, you know, name recognition with, with the sure. Superman movies, you get super, you know, animal planet could have super dog on tomorrow and people are just going to automatically <laughs> tune in just to check it the fuck out. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it'll definitely have a couple episodes. I mean, it depends on who they get to start, you know, the casting is going to, you know, affect this, you know, a lot, but just the story itself, she's been on earth for years and at the age of 24, like, you know, as, most young women transfer, you know, into you know adult womanhood. You know, so she'll be dealing with like the, it's like Sex in the City, but you know, with, with kryptonite. It's just it doesn't really appeal to me. I mean, and as far as I'm concerned, oversaturation. I mean, you know, there could be superhero shit on every day of the week uh, on every channel, and I'd be fine with that. I mean, this is sure. you know, this is right in my wheelhouse. So, I mean, I'm fine. The rest of you fuckers can suffer for a while. <laughs> and I mean, the nice thing is that it's not connected, and that. that you know, Aaron, I know you complain about it not ever connecting, but the nice thing about it not connecting is the fact I know I don't have to keep up with every single thing. Right. I get a break. I can I can just binge watch like I just did blowing through Band of Brothers and not be like, I am on the clock of making sure that I watch this, this, and this in this time frame for this movie to go back to this episode. And <laughs> it's just for me like I don't wanna I don't wanna have to watch something that may have one or two scenes that might connect to a movie or something. Or you know why it's, e- it's easy for me? It's because uh, of how I grew up reading comic books. I mean, that's like it's just, it's the same way with comics. You have to read, you know, everybody's different book, and then the tie-ins to to get the, every bit of the information to me. This is shit I've been doing for years. I mean, it's just you know, right. it's habit by now. Right? Does it really seem like it? It seems odd when they're you know, if there wasn't uh, you know, that that cohesion. So, and I'm just a sick, sick person who feels <laughs> like literally ill in some form or fashion if i'm if i'm missing out on something it's like how can i possibly watch this episode if i haven't watched the mini episodes on the fucking internet or something yeah like that's that. what i mean like this said this that like doing it this way like it wouldn't give me an opportunity to watch something else right and that's kind of like well why would you want to watch something else uh, <laughs> I, would just, I would really like a break i'd like to be able to not just have my brain filled with nothing but right. superhero tv shows that that are good, but you know, don't fill that void that I have of like not watching Mad Men. Like I just, I don't, I want that thick meaty steak that I can just 
you know, dive into every week and, uh, you know, life's life's serious enough, man. I I just want to fucking watch some some people fly around and punch shit. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to sit down and watch Project Runway, Glenn, just uh, to clear your mind out. Oh, I mean, like, dude, like Sundays, like in between football games. I mean, it's definitely like Pawn Stars (laughs) is the filler. So, um, and hey, you know, you can, DC can totally do Superdog if they want because Marvel's already put Cosmo in a movie. So, So why not? I say if the, Marvel's already beaten you to the punch by putting their by putting their superpowered dog in a movie. So why the fuck not? I say. Um, uh, let me see here. Bob Orsi has been um, unofficially officially announced as the director for the next Star Trek movie, which uh, I'm happy to announce. At least uh, they announced when they're going to start shooting, uh, which is right about the time that the uh, that Deadpool movie is. No, the Deadpool movie is February 2016, or is it 2015? I don't remember. 2016. 2016. So, yes. Completely forget everything I said. Um, the the Trek film is going to start filming in February 2015 for a summer 2016 release, which, of course, is in time for the 50th anniversary of the franchise. Um, not really sure how I feel about... I mean, I, I think I'm. I think my issue with Bob Orsi directing is I'm conflating his job, his potential job as director with his day job as a writer. And um, I'm... He's I'm, not good at it. I'm confusing the uh I see here's the thing I don't I don't know exactly how good or not good he is cuz obviously you know people who write movies or whatever it's just part of their job that what they write down on the paper isn't going to be what's filmed. I mean I mean a lot of it is some of it is but a lot of it gets taken out a lot of it gets rewritten a lot of it gets Yeah, you can't it's not your tone will never fully be there because of the director's influence on the like, film. Yeah, like, I got you. Like, for example, I don't think Bob Orsi is racist because he co-wrote <laughs> Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Um, I think that has way more to do with Michael Bay than it does Bob Orsi. Uh, in fact, I've seen a few times where they're, they've tried very hard to sort of separate themselves from that movie. Like, look, we uh, there's a lot of stuff that ended up in that movie that we didn't write is essentially uh, their thing. Um, here it's going to be a little bit different. He's he's on a team of writers, but um, he's it's kind of like two younger writers that are uh, under his wing. I think it's going to be mostly his script and him directing. Now, obviously, there's still probably going to be some studio muddling and, and things like that. But I think this movie will probably give us a much better idea of what he's like as um, a writer and you know clearly what he's going to be like as a director. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of like giving them like a medium franchise, like as much as I'd love for Star Trek to be like one of the big franchises and it pulls in a lot of money uh, and it does good box office or whatever, but it's not, you know, it's not going to get the attention that Star Wars is going to get or, uh, you know, the big Marvel or DC movies or things like that. So, you know, I I think, uh, oh, go ahead. I might have a little bit of news for you that, that might, uh, increase your interest in this movie. Oh, sure. Uh, it just so happens, uh, Fresh off the press is that the uh, badass digest is saying that the uh, they've seen the script for Star Trek Three, mm-hmm. and, and it includes a scene to read team Shatner and Nimoy on screen as Kirk and Spock. Really? Yep. I don't know if that's increased my interest or not. Uh, <laughs> How could it not? To, to be... Have you seen William Shatner lately? Holy oh, sure, shit. I sure I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's he's one of the new wonders of the world for sure, but. Um, he's old uh, enough to be a wonder. I was gonna say the uh, I, I just don't know how I feel about that. That 
Yeah. Does it feel just like a ploy, just like to appease like all the hardcore fans? They had they had for the first movie uh, a glorious idea, uh, and I and I they wrote the scenes and they wanted what was to the get, idea. They wanted to get Shatner because they wanted to get Shatner in right, and uh, the uh, the end the, the end of the first movie where there's a scene with old Spock and young Spock and they're talking to each other, mm. and uh, old Spock's begging him to stay in Starfleet, and he's like, I don't really know if I should be doing this right now, you know. Most of my race is dead. Maybe I should be, you know, with them, helping them out. And he's like, no, 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 just trust me. He's like, I can go do all that shit. Um, and the scene that they wrote, um, Old Spock hands him something before he walks away. And um, when Young Spock uh, turns it on or opens it or whatever, it's uh, it's a hologram of Shatner, like, you know, Old Kirk. And it's like a message he's sending to uh, to Spock, like Old Spock, for his birthday like wishing him a happy birthday and stuff and talking about, you know, uh, cause it's, it's like right before Spock goes off to, uh, to try to be like an ambassador to Romulus and shit before everything goes wrong. Oh, there. Right. Um, but he talks about like their friendship and all of this other shit. And, um, it was really well written scene and really touching. It seemed like it would have been perfect, like the perfect way to include him in there that didn't feel forced or ham fisted. Uh, and, uh, you know, Shatner, the, the apparent, the, the, the rumor is he didn't want to do it because, um, you know, he thought it was, you know, too menial a role in a scene that didn't need to be in the movie, you know, that sort of thing. So they, you know, they never put it in the movie. And a couple years later, they, they put out what it was that they wrote. Like they put the scene out. They're like, here's the scene that we had in mind and here's all the dialogue and shit and all the cues and everything we had in mind. And it was really well done. Um, I, so I would hate for him to be in the movie if it's in anything other, like I get it for the 50th anniversary. Like you want, like you're, you know, to put a reference in there that Glenn probably may not get whatsoever, you know, get the Tom Baker moment in there from like the doctor who, uh, 50th anniversary. Like I get that. If you want to do that, that's okay. But if it's, if it's anything like heavily involving them, like, uh, I thought Nimoy's involvement in the first movie was about the perfect amount. And I thought his involvement in the second movie was the perfect amount for the second movie. Like he, yeah. he didn't even really need to be in there, but he was in there for that one scene and had some great lines and delivered it great and everything. Um, that was perfect. If they want to do something similar to that, also perfect. But if it's something where they're like finding a way to force it in there so Shatner can be like the focus of another Star Trek movie, I don't know how I feel about that at all. In fact, that may <laughs> that may lessen my desire to see the movie. Uh, which I can't even believe I'm saying right now about a Star Trek movie. Um, moving forward real quick. Um, did you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys probably watched the video, uh, but were you guys aware of the trolling war going on between the uh, Star Wars and Dawn of Justice camps on Twitter? Were you guys, <laughs> were you guys aware of this that was going on? Because um, it started with, I believe it started with, uh, the Dawn of Justice guys photoshopping Batman, like Batfleck, into the scene with uh, 3PO and R2 as they're walking in the desert on on Tatooine, uh, which prompted yeah, which prompted right. yeah, which prompted JJ and company to photoshop C3PO into the bat suit, standing on top of a tower somewhere. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there were those rumors that somebody in Detroit had stolen one of the Batmobiles. And uh, in response to this, they uh, the Dawn of Justice guys put up an awesome picture of Gotham PD arresting a stormtrooper, uh, which was awesome. Uh, and then, of course, I, I believe, I don't know if this has continued past this video, but if it hasn't, then that means J.J. Abrams has won. Uh, because they released this video on YouTube called Hunk of Junk, 
And it's uh, kind of this panning shot of their glorious and insanely well-detailed Millennium Falcon that is just gargantuan and looks amazing. And as they pan underneath, they have cleverly uh, uh, stressed and painted and attached to the hull uh, Batman's tumbler from uh, the the Nolan films. And they just stuck it onto the Millennium Falcon. It's a part of the Millennium Falcon now. I thought that was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, Glenn, Glenn, do we need more trolling and, and, and silliness between large movie productions? Because I'm all for this. See, it's moments like these that I... I root for Zack Snyder to be a good director. Right. Uh, so, like, <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, you know, I mentioned it, like, the way he was whenever he did the Comic-Con. Like, he just he walks out there like a rock star and just drops the mic year after year. Right. And it's moments like goes, these. He like, drops the, a big shit on our chest, you know. Yeah, and then, he walk, afterward. then he walks out onto the movie stage and then drops the ball. Right. Yeah, and it's just like it's awesome that something like this is happening. Uh, I mean, I wish more these kind of franchises or whatever would do this because, in the end, I mean, they really are. I mean, this is Warner Brothers versus Disney. I mean, these are two of the you know the biggest boys on the block, right? You know, swinging their dicks around and seeing you know who's <laughs> the biggest. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that something like this exists. You, you know, and, and you know you can tell like it's all in good fun and the fact that like yeah. it is J.J. Abrams. Like these are you know, the two, like, you know, of the bigger name directors, you know, like the relaxed, you know, seem like the every man. I mean, like Zack Snyder's got like 20 kids. Um, <laughs> and it's just, you know, I- I'm glad that this is going on. It- it's no one is losing in this. In oh, the end. absolutely. Uh, Aaron is, is, are you having as much fun as we are with these things? Oh, absolutely. It's a, uh, God, it's just, it was just tremendous um, to, to do that. They even, they even did the uh, uh, a bit of the the sweet Star Wars the the Tatooine sunset music as uh, they were panning across the the Millennium Falcon and they just cut into music from the Dark Knight uh, <laughs> out of the blue and I'm just like holy shit that is it, it was so funny that they did that um, yeah it's I I'm hoping they continue to up it I I don't know what will happen I'm I'm hoping it gets to the point where they actually put real shit in the movie. I mean presumably that I mean obviously that falcon's going to be in the movie and presumably the the tumbler is still going to be affixed to the bottom but uh hopefully they find <laughs> hopefully they find some uh they find some way to actually put like in jokes and jabs at each other within the movie. This is probably asking too much but personally I think I the movie industry needs more of this not less of it. That's uh that's what I'm saying. Um, let's take a look at the, uh, the box office for the weekend as, uh, we're about to close things out here. Um, for the first time since its release, uh, eight, oh, motherfucker. eight weeks after its release, Guardians of the Galaxy has finally fallen out of the top five. It took eight weeks before it fell out of the top five. Sorry, I wasn't motherfuckering about that. I, uh, oh. I, I signed up to be, uh, be an extra with, uh, for Batman, uh, Don, you know, for, for the <laughs> oh, fucking Superman movie. Right. And they put out, a, they, they put out an email this morning that I missed. Uh, fuck. Oh, for a cat, like a call, like a call in or something. You can go be an extra, but I mean, I figured it'd just be a sweet way to fucking, you know, maybe take some pictures or something. Yeah, put on a Cinema Geekly t-shirt and wear it. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I'm going to keep fucking trying. <laughs> I, I'm signed up through their fucking agency or whatever, so I get the alerts. Uh, Daddy's on this. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of those. There's a, there's a bunch of those going around. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, finally, it took eight weeks, but it finally fell out of the top five. Um, so, yeah, it did not make the top five, but it did another $5 million in its eighth wow. week. Uh, which, 
to me is just, you know, pretty impressive considering. Um, by the way, Kevin Smith's movie that we were talking about, uh, last, uh, Tusk did not do as well. Um, it did not even debut in the, it debuted in the top 15. It debuted at number 14. Uh, that being said, um, would you expect that much Glenn from a movie that only opened on 600 screens? It didn't. Yeah, sure. It, I mean, that's, that's not a lot. Um, yeah, cause, uh, the top movie this week, uh, opened on almost 4,000 screens. So, uh, so Tusk only opened on 600 screens and then almost did about $900,000 on its first week. Uh, but you know, that's a movie with a $3 million budget. And, wow. uh, they, uh, they, according to Kevin Smith, uh, they've already made a lot of their money back just on selling the, uh, the international distribution rights and, uh, what you know, what they're expecting to get back on video and on demand money and shit like that. They're you know he's they're covered. Uh, so let's get into the number five. Number five was Dolphin Tale Two, which fell three spots from number two. Uh, did eight million dollars. Uh, no Good Deed, which was the uh, the Idris Elba movie, I believe, which was number one last week, is now number four. Uh, which did uh nine point seven million. So that's actually not doing too bad for itself. Um, it's already done, uh, 24 million on a budget of 13. So it's not doing too bad. Uh, let me see here. What else do we got? Number three. Uh, these are all debuts from here on out. Uh, this is where I leave you was number three. Um, Glenn, are you aware? I, I was not aware of this movie. Um, were you, did you have any, uh, any ears out on this? Was this anything that interested you at all? Yeah, I mean the I mean the cast is incredibly enticing. Great, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Sean Levy's okay. Uh, he's not the greatest director, but he's he's done some okay stuff. Sure. I say okay, and I I look at his top four movies, and I think the best one out of that is Date Night. He did sell his soul to the internship. Yes. Uh, so. And all yeah, of those I Night mean, at the Museum movies. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think with a better director, it probably would have been a really good movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looked interesting. The The cast is really, uh, a lot of it makes sense. And then you throw in a couple of guys like Timothy Elephant and you're like, whoa, that's kind of odd. I'm glad uh, this is catching on. And Corey Stahl. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I do plan on watching it. It's probably going to be Redbox, but uh, I, I will be seeing it. Right. Definitely uh, <laughs> not Oscar contender worthy. It will not be on the Oscar <laughs> podcast. No, um, it did 11.5 million. Uh, a walk among the tombstones was the number two movie that did 12.7 million. That would be the movie where Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Yeah. That'd be the movie where Liam Neeson gets mad and seeks revenge and kills people. Um, stepping out of his normal genre for this film. I think. <laughs> Wait, have you seen the reviews for it? Um, it's I mean, actually it's not like 66%. But yeah, like the not, people who like this movie absolutely love it. I mean, really? so it's it's one of those like it says sixty six, but like if you look at a lot of reviews and and the some, you know guys I follow, like they have said like this movie does a lot of things that are in cl- that are really cliche, um, but they work incredibly well, and <laughs> it's uh, it's cliche in a way that you actually are surprised in how things play out. Yeah, this is from the uh, the writer director of The Lookout, which was so uh, it's so cliche, it's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's I mean, that's really what they say. Like, there's wow. a lot of things in there that are cliche, but it's actually 
pretty damn good. Yeah, this oh, is awesome. this is the, this is the guy who wrote and directed uh, the Lookout, which was a uh, uh, pretty good. Levitt. Yeah, yeah, that movie was really good. Um, it's uh, also produced by Danny DeVito. In case people are wondering, hey. what, oh, what, huh. what the DeVito is up to, he's producing uh, a walk among the tombstones. Number one movie, of course, another young adult novel. Uh, well, here's the same... hoping they get Liam Neeson, and it's, it's always sunny next season. In the uh, <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> in the same in the same vein of pretty much all the other young adult novels you've seen released into theaters, The Maze Runner opened to uh, not a great, but compared to all the other movies, it opened against tremendous thirty two point five million dollars um, worldwide. Is the Maze Runner about a poor kid trying to win a race to become like a CEO on a special island somewhere. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I don't think it is. Uh, no. This this movie's going to do just fine. Uh, it's already grossed eighty one million worldwide, and its budget was thirty four million. So um, this movie's that movie's going to do just fine, and it's doing well review wise as well. Actually, uh, Stephanie has a review of the movie that I have to get up on the website, uh, but it's doing well. It's sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so it's uh it's not doing too bad. Uh, let me see here. What movies are opening before we go real quick to watch Gotham? Uh, which is about to premiere not long from now. Right. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Yeah, we're, we're dating. I, I know one of the rules of podcasting is to try to keep it as evergreen as possible, and we're completely dating it by letting you know exactly when we were recording this and almost almost exactly what time it is. Um, it is 7.52. <laughs> um, opening this weekend, The Box Trolls, which uh, it's a movie I've – not heard of literally until today when I saw a commercial for it's, it. It's that claymation thing. Yeah, yes. my, every time that commercial comes on, man, my kid just locks onto it. Goes nuts, huh? Um, yeah. Good, good voice cast. Um, on the lower end, we've got Tracy Morgan. Uh, but on the uh, and there's nothing terribly wrong with Tracy Morgan. But I on, like Tracy Morgan. But on the higher end, we're talking Ben Kingsley, L. Fanning, Jared Harris, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. I'm in. So, uh, massively talented voice cast, and uh, it's currently trending at seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, with thirty-seven reviews, and so very positive, very good, uh, very positive reviews for this movie so far. Um, in limited release, we've got the two faces of January. Uh, Glenn, is this on your uh, radar at all? We've got Oscar Isaac, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and of course that guy who starred in the Lord of the Rings once. Uh, yes and no. The guy who wrote this movie. Uh, uh, who did the adaptation of this and is directing it, uh, wrote my tie for my favorite movie of all time, Drive. So right. I I do have a lot of hope for it. Uh, and time, Sean, like, Sean Astin, it's got to be good. Are you uh? <laughs> so what? So what's what's driving away your interest? Kirsten Dunst, uh, Vigo the Carpathian. Uh, what is it? <laughs> That's my oh, new name for Vigo Mortensen, by the way. Is that guy from the Lord of the Rings. Vigo the Carpathian, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, I, I love Oscar Isaac. He's really good. I, I don't think um, he, I mean, he'll definitely get a nomination this year. I don't think it'll be for this movie. I think it'll be Most Violent Year. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just, the, I don't know. I watched a trailer and there were moments where I'm like, wow, this looks really good. And then there are moments like, wow, I could see where this is going to be a complete mess. So. Um, I know a Metacritic, it's at like 67 and I haven't looked at the reviews for it as far as like how it's being gauged. Like I know it's 84, but it could be like, it's up to yeah, I like now, this yeah. movie. 
I could like that, you know, this movie's not bad, but, the, you know, they may not be, like, stellar reviews, you know, like I was saying about Walk on the Tombstones, like, people who love that movie really fucking love that movie, so. Uh, right. I well, don't know. It, it, it could be a little skewed. I know. I, mean, I, I do plan on seeing it. I just, I'm trying to get a day together where um, I can plan it out where I will watch, like, three movies at one time of just, like, the Oscar contenders, like, like right. you know, going into it, like, Gone Girl is, um which just debuted and got a 90%, uh, which looks like it's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm trying to figure out where I can get like three knocked out in one day, which is going to be a long day. And it's uh, saying there's a plot twist as well, and it's saying the right thing about the plot twist, describing them as Hitchcockian as opposed to... Oh, wait, wait. Balls and Cockian. Balls and Cockian. As though I was going to actually say... Like (laughs) old Hitchcock or like, like older Hitchcock or like when he was... Younger, and by younger, I mean like 50s. Well, it just says Hitchcockian, so I'm not sure, okay. but Hitchcockian is better than Shyamalanian, so whatever. Balls and, co- balls and cockian, please. Again, it could be it could be the same argument. Uh, younger Shyamalan or, or older, and I only wrote two good scripts and all the other stuff. And, and I'm like dying. in the so, water, Shyamalan. And I'm dying for somebody to use the word Shyamalanian to describe something. <laughs> Because it sounds like such a made-up word, which it is, in fact. But it like sounds blah 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 blah. Yeah, like blah blah blah's blah blog. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Equalizer, I think, is the big wide release. Uh, Denzel, Chloe Grace uh, Moretz, uh, Bill Pullman. <laughs> if people are wondering what Bill Pullman's up to, uh, the United States. Perhaps this he movie will, looks awesome. Actually, perhaps he will declare that today is our Independence Day. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Leo is also in it. Uh, I believe that is Oscar winner Melissa Leo, I think. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, it looks like uh, it's getting good reviews as well. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes right now with 23 reviews. So nothing uh, nothing is exceedingly ill-advised about this movie, uh, which is a plus for sure. Um, okay, so that's going to wrap it up. We've got we've to hurry. Looking at my clock, I've got four minutes remaining here. So I have to wrap this podcast up in four minutes. Four minutes. I don't know if I can do it. Um, all right. So everything we talked about today and more, cinemageekly.com and uh, the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. Of course, you can contact us via email, info at cinemageekly.com, where you can uh, send all of your libertarian hate mail to us <laughs> this week. Uh, Unless you're Penn Jillette, because I agree with almost anything Penn Jillette says. Almost. He may... He may <laughs> He makes sense as a libertarian. Yeah, it's not, that's not easy to do sometimes. Um, <laughs> of course, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. And of course, our Amazon button. Feel free to use that when you shop Amazon. We get a kickback from those fine folks. Uh, of course, the podcast, you can check us out on the website. But also iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We're available on all of those places. Uh, so yeah, there we go. We're going to be back next week. Uh, talking more of this great, crazy world of movies, TVs, video games, and perhaps libertarian politics. I don't know. Maybe NCIS they, Los Angeles. Maybe, yes. Maybe if they make another Atlas Shrugged movie, uh, we, who knows? We may be back talking more politics. I don't know. Uh, so for Aaron De La Osa and Glenn Bove, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Yeah.